This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Forever. First choice is a big old bus. You turn around and boom, you end up with us. Oh, Diva. Our number is 213-536-9180. Our email is sloppysecondspot at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Are you ready for some sloppy seconds, you stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you dirty little fucks, you fucking fucks? I'm Big Dipper and that's Meatball. And welcome back to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. You sound like the Micro Machines man. I am doing my best Trisha Paytas impersonation because did you know that she is a speed reader? I do because initially (laughs) she got her world-renowned fame by going on talk shows. and She was on the Ellen show and speed read. uh, She was on Jerry Springer. She's been on everything. So she's had what you would call a thirst for fame since the very beginning. It's, It's funny because she's one of those people that like is great TV but is not talented. Like, there's no, like, acting role for this person. So you follow closely in her, I mean, you've studied her career closely because you yes! think, hey, that's for me. Cause, well, one, and I'm trying to be her best friend, number two. You know what oh I mean? Oh, my God. I feel like y'all would get along. Actually, every time I, like, post something about her, I have, like, at least 20 people message me being, like, she's problematic. Don't follow her. We don't like you because you stand her. Remember when she came out as trans, but it was, like, one Remember day, when and she then came she... out as Jewish? Or schizophrenic? She did all of those things. Or a speed reader? What's the fact? Is there something we both have in front of us that we could both read really fast? Um, I don't want to read our outline. You read We've that. received your application to renew your vehicle registration. However, it is impossible for you to do this sticker and registration card cannot be issued at this time until you have this outstanding... Oh, this is my smog check. It's a smog check, guys. It's a my smog Prius check, honey. needs a smog check. This is none of this is in English. I don't know if you can see okay. that. Well, okay. I feel like the deal with speed reading is you just skip words and take deep breaths, and it's very performative. I just remember when she did it on the show. We could play an audio clip of it now. But oh, it yeah, because it's like... <laughs> it just sounded like a bunch of mouth noise. <laughs> yeah, 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 completely. Well, listen... Uh, speaking um, of mouth noises, I'm very excited for our guest, who we will have after the break. Be right back. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor meals, I'm like... Oh, baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, 
the mushroom is filling. Like there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. And I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this oh, is yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code SLOPPYSECONDS50 at factormeals.com slash SLOPPYSECONDS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. And now we're back. That was a pretty solid one. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm really excited to for today. <laughs> I'm very excited today, too, because it's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Host Which podcast? is just have a podcast where we do nothing but talk about Wicked. And today, our guest is a very funny person. Yes. They are a Wicked connoisseur. It's Tim Murray. Hi, Tim. What's up, y'all? Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Dipper, I know I've known you for a while. You were on my podcast. Meatball, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Oh, thank you. And I'm so pleased to be here. And, of course, every time I post anything Wicked related, at least 20 homos are like, Meatball, 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 Meatball. Anytime anybody posts anything Wicked related, I get it. I have been sent that same meme of that family singing. Like, I posted it to my private Instagram, but I, like, got it 20 messages in a day. And I was just, like, scrolling through them being like, this is it. This is what Wait, I've done to myself. I want to follow your private Instagram. You you do. It was oh, on my close friends. Oh, side. you do close friends. Okay, okay. I don't, I'm yeah, like, because people used to screenshot my private Instagram and share it. And so I had to stop doing that. <laughs> Wait, now, okay, so full disclosure, before we dive into the amazing, exciting, stunning, spoiler alert, wicked content that we are going to deal with today. Well, um, good to know, Tim. We are uh, today recording on, uh, what is it, Saturday, November 7th, which we all woke up to some sort of news alert on our phone saying that Joe Biden won the presidency. It was Ooh. crazy. It was a very, it felt, it felt like a, it felt like a sigh of relief. Not that I didn't expect it to happen. And you know what? When this comes out, who knows what sort of bullshit, you know, legislation or uh, uh, litigation will be going on and whatever. But it felt like one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, the right thing happened. Yeah. And it felt like 
I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't want to have hope and it happened. Correct. And it's still the right. same feeling because we still don't know. Like, they just announced it. And you know Trump is sneaky and sly and he will try something. Whatever you said. Girl, your internet is always doing the clips and the clops. Oh, oh it's because I'm not on the... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, she's going to switch over. So we can talk for five interrupted, uninterrupted seconds before she comes back. Great. I bought champagne today at the deli down the street. And when uh-huh. I came back, my my boyfriend said, what are we celebrating? And I said, Adina Menzel's totally win. Ah! <laughs> so we are in a celebratory mood and I love that. But that's a perfect transition. Let's just get into the Wicked chat. We normally do this in the second uh, segment, but Tim has a mimosa. Uh, Adina Menzel has a Tony. And this, me- this is Booch. the musical that won't quit. It, well, it I really can't won't. get enough of it. Now, I guess to begin, I'd like to know, what was your first uh, introduction to Wicked? You know, Meatball, I've been on a lot of podcasts about this subject. No one has ever asked me that. What? <laughs> I, I swear. I was at Best Buy. Do y'all remember going, like, when you had to buy CDs? Because I think we're all mm-hmm. of the generation, yeah. like, just old. before iPods, olds. Right. And I went, I used to to go to Best Buy and like window shop for music. Like there was only two places you could look for musical theater CDs in my hometown in Ohio, Sam Goody and Best Buy. And I went to Best Buy and looked at the musical theater rack and I saw this like green girl and it said the Wizard of Oz. And I was like, okay, that feels very up my alley. And (laughs) I picked it up and I said, let me pop this in. Let me give this a try. And I was, I think I was 16. And that was when I truly, I would like only blare it in my car when I was by myself. Mm -hmm. And then I would roll up to school with all the straight boys and be like, uh, are you guys listening to that new City High song? Or not City City what would you do if your son was at home crying all alone on the bedroom floor? Because he's, he's hungry. hungry. And he, well, so the only way to that, feed him is to sleep with a man for a little bit of money. For a little bit of money. Because his daddy's, daddy's gone. gone. Yeah. You're smoking, smoking rock, rock now. And <laughs> not a lockdown? I, I ain't got a job, job now. <laughs> so for oh you, this goodness. is a good time. But for me... This is what, this I, is call what I call life. Well, also, okay, so it was also how amazing that they wrote that hook with so many words in it, and it was a bop, and everyone knew all of those words. Oh, every word at the time. That song is a bop. I re-listened to it recently. It was like this is a good song. It's a bippity boppity bop. bop. Um, so it so, was the cover art that got you. The you cover just- art sucked me in. But also, I had seen Ms. Kristen, Ms. Kristen the Green Witch smiling, smirking. I'd seen Ms. Kristen Chenoweth on the Disney like TV version of The Music Man, and oh, so I don't remember do you remember that? that? No. She played Marion Peru opposite Matthew Broderick. Just- I do remember this. <laughs> I didn't realize it was her. Okay. And I remember seeing her in that and being like, wow, this woman is a good singer. She kind of sounds like Nicole Kidman. Is what <laughs> oh, from famed singing role Moulin Rouge? Is that what you're referencing? Okay. Literally, that was like all I knew at the time of like movie musical singing. I was like, she's almost as good as Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah. Kristen, <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth, she's got some potential. She, she's almost there. Yeah. Wait, so had you seen a live musical yet? Before. Oh, yes. yes. My, oh, okay. my whole mom's side of the family is from Long Island. And oh. I'm, we live in Ohio. So every Thanksgiving, we would go to Long Island. And then, like, 
every three or four years, we would like take the train into New York City and see a Broadway musical. So I grew up like pretty, gay. like pretty gay. Yeah, pretty gay. <laughs> pretty gay. <laughs> when you, when did you come out? I'm trying to reference when the coming out and Wicked met, maybe. Right, because there is a lot of crossover in the emotional journey of coming out as a gay person and the plot line of Wicked. Yes. Oh, yes. It's they're very, very so interrelated. So when did you defy gravity? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> when did I decide that it's the wizard who should be afraid of me? Wizard meaning say, buttholes. Buttholes who should be buttholes. afraid of me. <laughs> um, I came out in after after like the I worked the crew for the musical theater show. I was in the student freshman year of college, long story short, I was in the, I didn't get cast in any of like the main stage theater shows. So I auditioned for the student run production of Rocky Horror and I played Brad Majors. So I got fucked in the butt by the guy playing Frankenfurter, who to bring it full circle, I thought was very hot at the time because he had a very beautiful singing voice, but is, say it with me now, a third party voter. So that has recently been very traumatic for me, but at the time, and so how did was you find very... out that information? Is he a proud third-party voter who likes to post about it on his social media? Dipper, for the last four years, when I was posting about Hillary back in the day, right. he would tr- troll my statuses. Oh no! And say yeah. like, you really need to vote for George Jorgensen or whatever her name is. George George Jorgensen. George yeah. George George of the Jungle. George of the George, George it's to George, George, George jungle to jungle. Joe she gets the one percent, and she not she is the 1%. <laughs> a voter, not of, of, <laughs> not of well, she is the one percent, the one percent, Miss Joe Jorgensen. She's okay, a more, so. she's more of a Madam Morrible to me. <laughs> Jill so. Stein is an absolute Doctor Dillman. Don't even try. <laughs> Okay, so Frankenfurter was fucking you in the butt, and you were like, I like this. Oh, I was, honey, I was loving it so much. And he was famously, he's like one of the first bisexual people I ever met. So (laughs) I was one of the first ones ever. ever, Famously one of the first bisexuals. (laughs) Got it? And playing Frankenfurter, it was just felt very method to me. I was like, I love this. I feel like you want to fuck Janet and you want to fuck me. This is going great. Meanwhile, I was on the crew for the like actual production that um fall. I was spotlight for um the world goes round, and I, I don't was think I working. Know her. Yeah, unfamiliar. You don't need to know her. She's a candor and ebb review of oh. just oh no. Songs. What it's year bad. was it? Who was programming your main stage at your college? Honey, the f- it the should always musical. be a production show. It should always be a story, narrative, production, characters. Like, always S- sitting in the board meeting. It's like I've got a radical idea. What if we did the world goes round? There was a huge fight between the theater school and the music school, and then this was the music school's win. Was like we're gonna have singers up there, and they're not telling no stories, motherfucker. <laughs> Wait, where did you? you know, I remember. When I was in high school, and we would have the, one of the good choir kids come be the lead in the play in the musicals, just because we needed a singer. And they were always—I mean, nobody's acting was good, but it was always the stiffest, worst acting. They're like, "It's fine. It, we're just in high school." And I was like, "You know that faggot over there can dance and sing." Wait, why would they bring someone in? They had you to sing because they would. Ah! <laughs> 
well, I wasn't getting the leads because it was in Texas and I was of color. Oh, right. Where Wait, in Texas? Where, where did you go to college, Tim? I went to the University of Miami in Florida. Okay. Oh, okay. Which was fun for like a year and then was like, get me out of Florida. Shout out to all the Florida listeners. We love you. But um, <laughs> my, uh, Miami was is such a party town and was so fun for literally only one year. And then it was like, okay, I think that's enough. But the World Goes Around was happening. I was running Spotlight and this hot senior was underneath me about to like enter the stage as I was like above him holding the Spotlight ready to... Um, shine the light on him and I shouted down from the rafters I had not come out to anyone and I shouted down from the rafters Jose I think you're cute you want to go on a date and he shouted up to me from from downstage I think we should just be friends (laughs) 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 and then I had to spotlight him the rest of the number and he's I like, just made it like a little bit off. I would have been like, yeah. find your light. <laughs> find your light. <laughs> Chase, it figure it out. Figure oh, it out, bitch. Oh, my God. So, so are, are you friends? First... Are you and Jose still friends? We are friends, yes. Oh, yeah, okay. I, Jose Luasis. He's a he's a little sweetie. And um, yeah, we're friendly now. He, he put up that boundary nice and strong. And I said, okay, it's okay because the world still goes around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Okay. So you so, you picked up a Wicked CD to listen. It was the cover art and the music that drew you in. When did you first see it? I th- believe I was the show. When did yes. I see the show? Mm-hmm. See the show. Um, well, real quick to finish Meatball's question because I'm now realizing I never answered that question. I just That's told a story this about, the world, about the yeah. world goes round. <laughs> I after hitting on Jose at the show, they had their cast party. And when they had their cast party for The World Goes Round, I came out to a different senior asking him to hook up with me at the party. And he said, I'm not interested in you like that. And then after that, I came out in a Facebook note. And then from there, I you remember Facebook notes? Yes. Like before statuses. Yes. Before statuses, you could write like a full blog entry on Facebook. And mm-hmm. so that's how I came out on Facebook. Oh, because okay. Facebook used to be... Like Tim Murray is, and you only had yes. a certain number of characters. Yeah. Yes, it was early Twitter vibes. Yeah, but just, it is. Was yeah, just, what is your mood? Just a quick side note: a friend of mine sent me a screenshot of a Facebook memory from college, like from over a decade ago, that said Carly is wiping the cum off her chin, and I had hacked in and written that, which is like sexual harassment and bullying. We were close friends. She thought it was funny. But when I looked back at it, I was like, I wrote on a woman's page that she was wiping cum off her chin, and then it came up as a memory uh, over a decade later. She's a newborn child. She's like building her family. She texts me. She's like, this is what you did to me in college. So just a side note. (laughs) everybody did shit like that though sorry carly sorry to all the carlys of the world i just love that you were like i'm gonna hook up with somebody in this play yeah did you get your nut off that night what's going on no i cried alone in the girl who played columbia's arms (laughs) and was like i'm gay and she was like write it on facebook and that's how that went write it on facebook 
you asked me when I first saw Wicked, right. which was I was 18. I was looking at schools and I was visiting NYU. I'm only telling depressing stories today. I did not get into NYU. <laughs> and I, when I was at school or when I was visiting for that school, we got tickets to see Wicked. And I remember waking up that day and getting in the shower and thinking, this is the best day of my life. And today it, my life is about And then to you came out how many years later? About so it was eight, about a year and three months after that oh, okay, okay. situation. <laughs> wait, okay, so wait, when wait, you, who what alpha yeah, did was you it? see? What Glinda? Okay, so the Glinda is super important because we all uh there's been a little too much erasure in my mind of Miss Jennifer Laura Thompson, who is have you seen her meatball? No. Okay, Hold she on. was. Uh, we're we're doing prime examples of the erasure right here. We're like, we don't. Here, here's a side note. We talk about no, Wicked I all the time. I did not see this brunette lady. Okay, I don't really know redhead, anything first about. Of all. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Dipper, that's okay. And Wait, which and, when was she? What number? she was the first standby for Kristen Chenoweth, and then she replaced Kristen Chenoweth. She's the second ever Glinda. Uh. And she also has been in, like, Dear Evan Hansen, and she was the original Hope in You're in Town. She was so ungodly funny and so real. It was, it's to this day one of the best performances I've ever seen. But my alphabas were Adina Menzel. Yes. Shoshana Bean. Oh. Anna Gasteyer in Chicago. And then years later, Julia Mirny in Cleveland on tour. Okay. So Those you've my seen it. was Anna Gasteyer? Honestly, everything. Oh. Really? Whatever you heard, whatever the whatever the word is on the street, if you've heard anything negative, I'm telling you it's wrong. She was lit. She held the note at the end for an extra, I want to say eight measures. This woman said, ah. I was like, what? She 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 went down to the conductor and she said, "We're going to hold this longer than everybody else." Well, because she knew she couldn't, she couldn't go down there and say, "I'm going to hit more notes than anybody else." Wow. She I'm said, "Okay, that's tea. I'll have the." I listen. I if you, she was great in what was that one that she done? Reefer Madness. Excellent. She's good in that. Excellent. I saw her in something else. I like how anyway. Cookie Anagasire is in uh, uh, Lady Dynamite. In the Maria Brand. Yes. Show. It's like fun to see someone who can just go off the rails, like get the opportunity to go off the rails. I love that. Wait, and so you've seen it. So have you only seen it four times, or have are those the only four Glindas that you've seen? Only seen it four times. I stopped in my early 20s because I said I think I need to make this special for me forever. In so my mind. You, so okay, how many so Halloweens that- did you dress up as w- one of the characters from Wicked? Only the one time I went as a bootleg of Stephanie J. Block's cover of The Wizard and I. As like a, I was the YouTube video of Stephanie J. Block doing The Wizard and I. And then I was wearing a boot and then showing a lot of leg. So okay, I was a boot, I love leg. It. Yeah. That's, so, the only, that's the only time. So what, the reason, okay. So for anyone who's like living under a rock, obviously we talk We're about- We're 20 minutes in. And we're gonna tell you why. <laughs> we talk about Wicked all the time. We we mentioned the other day. We like me, we like fumbly mentioned Tim, like your like YouTube videos. I've seen them on Twitter, whatever. But where you bl- you're blindfolded, 
And who is it? Is that your boyfriend who's playing you the videos? That's my gay boyfriend. Yeah. Okay, so that is your, in fact, gay faggot boyfriend who is playing you clips of singers singing the alphabet riff. And, and you can name every so single of one of them, including clips of people that are like in their senior choir recitals. Like mm-hmm. some of the things I'm just like, how do you? So do you just so, watch that yeah. song, everybody's version? Take it in. Meepa, I know you. Times. I know you've. I know you vibe with me on this. I literally just can't stop listening to that song. It is. <laughs> I. I just I always. Well, I, so I'm always listening to it. Like even you know when I'm like pre-COVID times when I'm drunk hanging out with friends, I'm like, let's put on a couple of different versions of <laughs> Defying Gravity and let's all <laughs> decide who we like the best. <laughs> like stuff like that has been going on for over a decade. But then. Um, during these COVID times, my podcast partner, Peter Kim, who's on the podcast Slumber Party with yeah. Dipper and I, he has started like blowing up selling TV shows. So I decided to do the podcast alone. And I was like, well, since I don't have to like consult with anyone else, who do I want to interview? So I started interviewing Alphabuzz. So I started interviewing. How many yeah. have you had? I think I've had 12 at this point. I've had Eden Espinoza, Nicole Parker, um, uh, Lindsay Pierce, uh, a, a ton, um, uh, their names are all escaping me now, but I've, ha- I've had a bunch of them on. <laughs> and uh, as I as I had them on, I would listen to their versions of Defiant Gravity and then, mm-hmm. of course, several of their other songs. And as I started listening, I just couldn't stop listening and listening and listening to more versions. And it is truly so <laughs> thrilling <laughs> and brings me so much joy listening to I different versions it, of Defying Gravity. I do it with Defying Gravity, but I like, they now have the compilation videos of like what they call the battle cry, which is the riff at the end. But also I do it with um somewhere that's green and oh. suddenly Seymour because the MJ Rodriguez suddenly Seymour is like the next level version of that song, like how it should only be sung from now on. Did you but, see that agreed. in Pasadena Playhouse? No, I really wanted to. I it was saw sold it. out, honey. It was really it sold out so fast. I know. It was a really I have that was the first time I'd ever seen the show. And I've never seen oh. the movie all the way through. So it was really, I had, and then later I, of course, like went and like learned a lot more. I'd always sort of understood what Little Shop was in theory, but seeing that version as the first version makes me think of the show as like a great thing that you can do anything with, which was really yes. fun. Because watching it in this like totally new imagining was like really, really cool. And it's like how colleges will do Shakespeare set in all these different time right. periods. It's like, let's just start doing it with Wicked. Wicked Girl, 2020, the, baby. The Pasadena yes. Playhouse is it's there's a lot of people that can fit in there but the room is pretty intimate so it's like there was so much talent just like right up there on the stage like super close it was great so when did you discover that you could just recognize and like how does your brain work to make the connection so my gay boyfriend was hearing me listen to all these different (laughs) women throughout the house the last several months as i'm preparing to interview them and as he's as we're listening I I was ready to go to sleep one night and I was literally closing my eyes, falling asleep and he was not tired. So he was like, I want to play a game with you to try to keep me awake. And as I was had my eyes closed, he started playing videos of them and asking if I knew who they were. And he realized I knew who everyone was within like 13 seconds well, for the most part. <laughs> I and have so one then, for you right now that Dipper will play. Well, and I want before to we do this, yeah. before we do this, I'm curious 
Um, do you have like a criteria of what you think about as far as like what makes it good? Or in your mind, is it, you know, each individual beautiful snowflake, it has their own redeeming qualities? What a good question. I think I've been drinking enough to just be fully honest. That's what we look for. That's what we look to for. me, to me, because on the podcast, obviously I interview a lot of them. So I try to be very diplomatic and be like, every all, all alphabets are good, which they are. I, I love every single one of these women. I think they're anyone who's going to fucking step on that stage and do that singing for six months is a truly a hero. It's like, what RuPaul says, like, if you put on heels and a wig, you're you're a hero. Like, anyone who's played Alphabet is a hero. But I do think there is a certain element of, are you witchy enough? Like, what is going on with these with this vocal quality? It should be pretty specific. And people love to shade Ms. Edina Menzel. But I'm telling you, I saw this hoe do this show... And it will never, in my mind, be like that again. It was, it was like Margaret Hamilton drag. It was, it was Alphabet to me. So that's what I look for. I, I look for like some element. I look for um, the emotion through it, and I Uh-oh. like when they, I like when they go a little sharp, you know. I feel like it to needs me. to be... It needs that, like, cutting tinny, yes. like, upper nasal mm-hmm. sound at some points for me to be like, oh, yes, get it, girl. All right. Now, well, what's your favorite... Now, what's well, your favorite version? Now, well, yes. Well, yes. But then I'm going to forget my question, but okay. Okay, ask your my question. My favorite version... My favorite version, is that what you're asking? Well, that and how... What's your favorite version of flying when there is no flying set? Do you prefer them stand on a chair? Do you like them just to hold their arm in the air with a broom? <laughs> Do you prefer everyone around them to drop down low and oh, pretend I like as that. if they're when everyone else drops, just squats. <laughs> and they're like, whoa. I had Jenna Lee Green on the podcast who was um, Libby and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And she I was... I saw her. I saw her. You saw Wicked. her? Yes. In I Wicked? saw the touring company when it came through Houston. And she came out and I was like, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, what teenage are you doing witch. here? But it's the it's the brunette girl. You saw her as Nessa Rose. Yes. Yeah. So she also, she's one of the few people who played Nessa Rose but then understudied Alphaba. And her first, on the podcast, she said her first night going on for Alphaba was the first ever no-fly show. Some people think it's Shoshana Bean on Broadway, but it actually was Jenna on tour. And she said that they, that everyone falling down to the ground now, that was actually an accident that all the actors did in the moment because they didn't know what the fuck to do because she wasn't flying. <laughs> so they all just were like, Bring And when you say no-fly show, you mean like the, the mechanism broke? God. I mean, like, she didn't fly into the air with the magic that... Well, I understand, but I, actually, I actually did get a phone call from somebody who was associated with the production, and they told they told that similar story. Wait, is that what you just sent me? Yes, but let's play the okay, Wicked okay. riff so that we can see if they know who it is. Who? is. We're going to go to a break right after this, but let us hear if you know who this is. Oh, wait, I have to start it. Over. You want me to say if yeah, I know who it is? Come on. Wait, who, who do you think? What do you think we're doing here? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Am I? Is this? Is it? Was it really loud?
I will tell the, you. Oh wait, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go no. Ahead. I was gonna give you a hint, but I'll give you a hint after you guess once. <laughs> I was gonna guess that it's either Adam, um, what's his face from American Idol, Adam Lambert. Yes, he can hit the or, real notes. He can hit the real notes. He also famously was in Wicked. Uh, he was in the ensemble of Wicked when he went to do American Idol, and he was like, "I'm bo- Broadway's boring." Um, Ugh. Now he dresses Frank- up in makeup and dances around like he's on a Broadway stage all the time. Truly, is it Frankie Grande? No. Wow, that is a I will- very good guess. It's <laughs> too good of a guess. I'll give you a hint. They have won a season of RuPaul's Drag Race, but not the American one. It's um. The Vivian? Yeah, yes! that's her. That's <laughs> the infamous hater of they thems. Um, now let's head to a break. Thems. Don't forget to buy a bed or whatever we're selling. Be right back. Okay, we are back um i actually have a question uh that is not wicked related uh i saw you the first time i saw you was at the the comedy place where people do stand up in north hollywood what is that called acme noho acme noho uh which is actually just it's just like eight letters put together a-C-M-E-N-O Can you imagine if someone was like Catch me at the A-C-M-E-N-O-H-L And you're like wait what Okay so but the first time I saw you there I think my friend Tien Who's been on the show was doing stand up uh, And it was at your show And you like just did a Britney Spears Like a full Britney dance number mm-hmm. Like you were like Hi welcome to the show Hit it And then you just did that And then you were like Our first comedian it, Like it was my hour of stand-up i just do it's the britney spears 1999 vmas performance within sync okay which i she, talk about all the time when she goes i'd like to introduce you not are you ready it's i would like can you give the line please Tim? i would like to introduce to you some friends of mine bum, 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 bum. and they go <laughs> like as if they're like <laughs> they're like fixing a car and they do all these like pop and lock dance moves but the real drag gag reveal of it is that she does it's like all these dancers sitting in desks like we're all like very late 90s we're all sitting in class and she does her whole number and then she goes i would like to introduce to you some friends of mine then they do some pop and locking and then after that in sync has been sitting there the whole time it's a reveal you didn't know they were were cool kids they were like heads were down because they were like napping and cool kids that's when I would fall asleep on stage when they were like, your extra work in the back is to do this. And I'd be like, all right. The Imagine best... Lance Bass is, is passed out as the rest of the four of them are dancing. Lance, Lance. Lance okay, Lance. so my question is, you are uh, gay. You have a gay boyfriend. You do comedy things that, you know, skew gay. Um, you hang out with a lot of gay comedians. Uh, uh, I, w- I would say Peter is like your comedy partner in in a lot of things, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We've, we've also had Michael Henry on the show who I know you've like made videos with and you know, you're friends with, I see this thing, especially in LA where there's like 
there's there's like different categories of gay. There's like the social media gays. Then there's like the drag. You know, there's like the TV Ugh, drag queens gross. and the drag queens Ugh. and like the adjacent to that. And then there's also this like comedy and a lot of those comedy people end up being writers on shows or booking shows as like actors and bit part but it's so funny because like i feel like a lot of those like hollywood comedy gays look at the drag scene and they like celebrate the queens especially the 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 rupaul drag race girl the white ones yeah and correct and they go like wow like you're a celebrity but then like the drag race girls like look at the comedy gays who do like you know a three a three episode arc or uh, you know like whatever or they get cast on superstore or, like whatever it is and they're like you're a legitimate at- you do you understand what i'm saying i haven't made the point yet but i feel like there are <laughs> meatball's face <laughs> i feel like there are all of these like you know what I mean? There's like I see your world as floating very around. In, yes, and I see your world as like very inaccessible. But I feel like we all do the same thing. Yeah, we all float around each other, and also on top of that, the whole gay comedy scene like outlies just regular comedy scene, like the regular right. comedy scene. I was just talking to like straight comedians, and they're like, "Yeah, there's just not a lot of gay comedians." And I was like, "No, there's a ton of them. They just yeah, have are you not been on Twitter your spaces. Like, it's such a weird thing." So, how has um, fielding all of that been for you? That's such an interesting point, and I think you're both exactly right. It's like it's weird coming from. I lived in New York for seven years, and then I just moved here about two years ago. So, in New York, you really got to pick a lane. Like, you gotta figure out what you want to be really fucking good at and then go for that. And so I started doing musical theater for like the first six years, you know, I went to college for that and then started doing that for about six years and then realized that that wasn't, uh, you know, when it, when it was over, it was over. Like when a contract was over, it was done. And I would like be doing a show in fucking South Carolina or something and just be like, wow, I have to make new friends every single time I, like get a job i have to like be in this new pod of people and at the same time that that was happening toward like the end of my 20s matt rogers and bowen yang and dave mazzoni and all this like crew henry kopersky this amazing musician who was like yeah i met writes he he like right was at the time like writing the comedy music for all of us for Catherine cohen and pat regan and like all these people who are like now blowing up. But when we were all in New York, that was kind of like a weird little safe space for us to kind of put all of this shit together that you're talking about. Like, a li- like steal a little bit from the drag world, a little bit from the musical theater world, a little bit from the comedy world, a little bit from the serious actor world. Um, and a little bit from the writer world. And we were just put on, you know, shows with like shitty wigs and broomsticks. And we actually Not did broomsticks, broomsticks, <laughs> bow and gang, Bowen Yang, Matteo Lane, um, uh, Lisa Traeger, Matt Rogers, Pat Regan, and I all did years ago a, a Wicked, the music of Wicked, improvising around the movie Devil Wears Prada. No. So, oh, so the, gay, the gayest show you could possibly imagine. You could possibly imagine. It was Henry Kopersky's conception. He came up with this idea. This was before, like, Bowen was on SNL and, like, before Matt was on all these TV shows. And uh, the, he, Henry just had this idea. We did it in a basement in Brooklyn for, like, 40 people or something. But it was, like, one of the funniest things that I've ever been a part of. Matt and Bowen were... Um, the They... 
were the girls who didn't get picked to go to Paris with <laughs> Meryl Streep, and they sang "I'm Not That Girl." And <laughs> I'm not that girl. That's incredible. I, I was the douchey blonde guy that like tries to date Anne Hathaway, like the antagonist, and I sang "Dancing Through Life" as like a total dingbat, and like Matteo Lane was Elphaba, and that was the moment where I was like, "Oh, we can do whatever the fuck we want." Right. Like you just have to be like not to sound like i don't know pretentious something or like uh, foolish but like you just be brave enough to like do whatever the fuck you want yeah which is why i'm so inspired by what you guys both do because like dipper brave. videos are brave. so brave brave. I'm brave i'm so brave <laughs> but, i'm so brave but like you know the last time someone told me that i was wearing a pair of booty shorts out girl. at night and someone was like that is the bravest <laughs> thing you've ever done brave. but it- you know what i mean like I'm not on Superstore. I'm not. I don't get those. Uh, nobody's picking me, and nobody really ever. And has. what? <laughs> right. I feel and that. I, I mean, I feel that I, about myself as well. I feel that right, the, I, the same way. I heard you, Dipper, on on a recent episode of this podcast, saying like you've never had an agent. You've never, but like so many people in the gay community know who you are, and I did before I met you, and was a fan of you before I met you because you're doing it. You're out here doing it for yourself, and like that's that's how I feel. That's what I think is like fun about LA is that it's just a lot more common for everyone to be like, uh, yeah, I'm a slash slash slash. Like I I, I direct and I produce but and I make and I create. Does, how does like all that? Because that's like a, what you were saying was a very New York vibe, and I feel like it's easier for comedy in New York than it is in LA. How is it being like a gay stand up here in LA? I'm like not now. trying to be like I'm not trying to be like a rude bitch, but um, <laughs> please do. Yeah, we love it's rude just, bitches. Everyone in New York is so talented and works so hard, <laughs> and uh, uh, in LA, I mean, the gay comedy scene is equally as like competitive, and the and the gay comedians out here are, are amazing. But like in general, the population of LA is like you know mostly a lot of people who come out here to like. BCW stars and models. And- I love the CW. Wait, no, here's my question. Do yeah. you think... Do you not love the CW, Meeple? I think I loved it better when it was the WB. <laughs> Go <laughs> off, I'm Buffy and Dawson's Creek. <laughs> no, what was no, his song? Yeah, it was like something the WB. Yeah. The Little Frog? Mm-hmm. Jack and Jill starring Amanda Peet. Yes! Oh Absolutely. No, so my is this an accurate this is talk about being a rude bitch. Here I go. Do is it. this Be an rude. accurate um assessment of New York stand up versus LA stand up? I feel like New York stand up people are doing it because it is that stereotype of uh I have to do it. This is my art. I have to get up. I'm gonna do four shows in a night, et cetera, et cetera. And then in LA I feel like people do stand up as a means to get a writing job or mm. get on a TV show. Boom. I think that's exactly right. And I think Not that's boom. like the come on, boom. Boom. I think that's the general vibe of LA, which is okay because New York needs to learn some of that too, right? It's like you find that balance of New Yorkers love to feel like starving artists. They love to like be really, really good at what they do. It doesn't matter if anyone sees it because I work so hard and I am good at what I do. And in LA, it's like you're a marketer first. Like right. you're like, I got to yeah. get people seeing this first and then I will figure it out as I go. And I think both there's benefits to both, but certainly there's just more opportunity here and more and you don't see that at all really in the New York scene. I I wouldn't say like no one is like trudging through the snow, going to the duplex 
to do stand up. But like in LA, you'll you'll go to an open mic and there'll be a ton of people there that like have never done it before and are really truly don't care if they're bad. They're just yeah. trying to like say they've done stand up so that they can get a TV writing job or, or well, whatever. I, yeah, I even said that on this podcast maybe six months ago. I was like, I'm going to start stand- or I want to try stand up maybe longer ago because if I sometimes I get booked at a comedy show to like do a song or two. And then, um, and I have a great time doing it. And then I go like, let me, I'm going to tell some jokes in between. <laughs> and then I go like, I'm a stand-up comedian. And I'm like, it's actually very, uh, not actually, it's very hard. It is such a skill. Like, and it takes time and hours and hours. And I definitely fell into that moment of being like, I can do that. And then like, tried to do it. And it's like, so nerve wracking. Do you remember when I was on tour, like doing drag, but I was on tour with Bobcat Goldwaith and Kayla Gill. And I would... The first two times I did it, I thought I was just doing a number, and then it ended, and they handed me the mic, and I was like, (sighs) 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 okay, do you guys ever put a wig on? Like, it was just not good. I didn't know that they were like, you don't have to do the number. But, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Just remembering being like a mess. Just I remember being a mess. Oh, you mean when you looked in the mirror this morning? Hey! Hey! <laughs> All right, so now it's time for our final segment, which is time for us which to is, get freaky deaky. And it's called... Fucked How up! How much water are you drinking? Yeah, oh. do you drink a lot of water? Do you drink a lot of water? Does it look like I drink a lot of water? I guess. You're drinking well, what champagne have you been and water. You've, yeah, been drinking you've been drinking mimosas? I've been drinking mimosas, water, and c- coffee. <laughs> yeah, I, I have. Wa- it is I, I still have, only noon. Yeah, I have water and coffee over here. It's like straight up two o'clock, and I'm like, "It's noon, baby." <laughs> Clocks are what you make of them. You know what I mean? It's however you. Do. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, let's so get let's out talk about sound. sex. Fuck top. Do you have any notes for my riff? Ooh, ah, ah. Ooh wait, don't give me notes on that one. Ooh. Ah. Okay, you know what? Today's maybe not my day. What is the actual <laughs> what are the the notes yeah. of the riff? Um give me whatever's Eden Espinosa. in your heart. Not whatever. <gasps> Eden Espinosa. I think you nailed it exactly. I think it's um it's, isn't it weird though when you listen to it it's like a woman can sound fucking amazing the whole way through and then that I would say 80% of the time they're flat on that very last note. Mm-hmm. Like uh like almost always because it's like it's like a half step from the last from the second to last note to the last note so it's like weirdly tricky is it true that that was not written in and that idina did it against their will i've never heard that rumor before the story i heard was that they had been practicing it and she had been doing it in rehearsals and they were like uh it's a little shaky don't do it like it's opening night just do it just straight like ooh, ah! and then she went out there and did it <laughs> And slayed it, and then every girl after that... Well, actually, wait. The first two girls after that tried to, like, do what she was doing. As if those were the notes that were written. Yeah, because even Shoshana Bean, like, kind of did... It started with Idina's, and then, like, do Shoshana's. Someone pull up Shoshana. Someone pull up Shoshana's. Famously, Shoshana and Eden both uh, got in trouble for taking liberties, because they both... Eden was the first standby for... um, it did. So Stephanie J. Block did the workshops and was then the first standby in, I think, San Francisco when it was out of town. And then Eden was the first standby on Broadway. And she went on a, a, cup, like a couple of times, but not often. And then Shoshana was the first standby and then replaced. 
and they both um, got in trouble by the music director for riffing too much. You can't riff too much when you're a witch, bitch. Wait, play play that call before we do fuck talk. This is a wild episode. What did you say? Sorry, I, I was said, pulling play the that, thing up. Play that call before we go to fuck talk, because this is... Wait, that's not it, right? It's that further? Wait, that was amazing. That's that's the Shoshana Bean riff. Yes, correct. That's Shoshana Bean. Was that her last performance on Broadway? Girl, I don't know. I just pulled up some. I, I, I love that you on their last night. They should've... used to pull pranks on each other. They would pull panties out of the beds. Mm-hmm. They would do anything. Chris, you guys got to watch Kristen Chenoweth and um, Idina Menzel's final night together. Because that one was cute. Even though I heard they hated each other. Is that tea? That's the tea that I heard. We've gone Ooh. off the rails. We, You know, every time we record a show, we always go, we've gone off the rails. I think that, I think people expect it at this point, especially after the episode where I was on Shrooms and Molly. So before we get into our fuck talk, which we do want to get into our fuck talk, I am playing uh, a voicemail sent. Uh, we normally to... only play voicemails on Tuesdays, but this one was so good that I felt like I wanted to share it with you, Tim. Oh, I'm so excited. Hey, Big Dipper and Meatball. All right, so my college roommate uh, left with my theater director at an undisclosed college, and that person was in the original cast of Wicked, so through the grapevine, I've heard many a story for Meatball, one including uh, the first time Elphaba's machine stopped working, it was Shoshana Bean. So the whole ensemble kind of just started going down to the ground and Shoshana got so pissed that she ran down front and center and just started ripping her life apart. And now to this day, that's the backup. The ensemble just lays to the ground and Elphaba runs down and sings her life away. Also, Shoshana fell into the pit once. And so now there's a net over the orchestra pit. Let me know if you want me to call and tell you more because I have so many funny stories. Bye, Meatball and Dipper. Love you guys. Oh, that was sweet. Isn't that great? But we're fact-checking. That's exactly what you were saying earlier. Well. So no one, I guess no one really knows for sure. Jenna Lee Green claims it was when she was on tour, that was the first time. But Shoshana also claims that hers on Broadway was the first time. We got to get the, get those dates lined up. You know, it's up. up to you to get to the bottom of yeah, it. Yeah, Tim, I think we're all letting you do that you over at the slumber party. The Alphaba historian kind of historian i'm gonna get um my mary kate and ashley detective suit out i'm gonna give you who stole the great hope diamond what killed the dinosaurs oh my god all right who makes the finest pizza what's in your brother's dresser drawers (laughs) what is their pizza song called I don't remember the pizza let's do fuck talk no but you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about wait i do you're going off the rails no i don't care I don't care. The pizza Ooh, song? Uh, have you heard of Eden Espinosa in that musical called Broad or Brooklyn? Have I heard of it? It's so I good. I saw it <gasps> on Broadway, and she melted 
my skull off of my head. She is so good. This is two minutes and 30. What else you got open? I can't hear it. That pizza looks gross. Oh, you gross. can't hear it. <laughs> it's old pizza. That pizza was brown. Old pizza. I remember that video, though. I, I love Miss Mary Kate and Ashley. Okay, you're going to be able to hear it now. It's insane. He made pizza. That is just a bunch of like stone drag queens hanging out, like pizza, pizza, <laughs> pizza. Truly, I love that song. All right, now let's get on to our fuck talk. What kind of what kind of people do you fuck? Do you like like what's your gay boyfriend like? My gay boyfriend is like a shorter version of Michael Yuri. You know who Michael Yuri oh, is? Yeah, I know Michael Yuri. And you're like a taller That's version of Michael Yuri. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I uh, I have a huge crush on Michael Yuri. I love like a curly haired brunette nerd. Um, but I also just kind of am into like a lot of different stuff. Like that's like. That's who the man I've been with for like the last four years. That's always been like my typical crush, like looking at Michael Yuri being like, that's a cute ass man. But, um, Does it, so it skews I'm, more like twink, like hairy no. twink, like otter, mm, otter. Yeah. Oh, got it. I'm not twink is maybe no offense to the twinks, but it's kind of like the only thing I'm not super into. See, that's me. I don't like You're touching them bones. No, I'm. You say, people, what did you just say? I don't want to touch them the bones. <laughs> the I don't like bones. touching them bones. Bony bones. I like a little meat. I yeah. like a little meat. I like a little jiggle, a little something to hold on to. Yeah, a little bit of thickness somewhere. Yeah, my boyfriend's so, got a fat ass. Yeah, we, we love a fat <laughs> ass in this house. Do you no. have any sort of um go, like like embarrassing or wild sex story that you tell or will share? Absolutely. I have so many. Where 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 Okay, here's a good one. <laughs> Didn't take long. I was like Yeah, I was like where do I begin? Where do I, I have a, I have many. I um all throughout my 20s was like very much seeking validation through sex. So I have several here, this one was in my, I was probably around 27, 28, and I got on Grinder. This is a few months before I met my now current boyfriend. Okay. And I got on Grinder, and there was a man in, in my neighborhood in New York City who said, come over, we're doing some group sex. And I said, I absolutely love this stuff, can't get enough. <laughs> um, let me get in on this 100%. So I walk over to his place. They are very much doing meth, which power to you. Do do whatever you need to wow. do. Not my thing, but um, I'm seeing it happen. I'm like, okay, interesting. And everyone's naked and like kind of laying around and like they've already been kind of fucking just maybe like six or seven guys. And the guy who let me into the building, into the room, was a very nice gentleman. And then after a few minutes, I, I walked in and I was like, hey, everybody, like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and this nice this nice gentleman, after a few minutes, I, I'm getting some weird looks from a lot of the guys. 
And the nice gentleman pulls me, he goes, can I talk to you for a second? Pulls me out of the hallway and he goes, yeah, the host wants you to leave. This is not, um, this is not going to work out. And, uh, I was like, okay, thank you so much. Thank you Uh for seeing me on such short notice. Um, (laughs) So your college storyline is (laughs) carrying through. (laughs) Carries through. Um, yeah, I, um, apparently they were saying appointment equity only and- (laughs) They, they asked, they sent me right out, right packing. And, um, yeah, I was rejected from a gangbang by a bunch of men who were barely lucid, but the, lucid enough to say, you well, know what? He's not for me. Did Here's you the see the communicate? Sh- yeah. I'm sure it was go, go more that you were like talking and they were like, <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't talk when they're on on them. I want to know: Did you see the communication happen? Like, did someone mm-hmm. whisper to someone, and then it was like a game of telephone, or they were all just like cutting eyes at one another, and then the guy was like, "Let's chat outside." It was the cutting <laughs> eyes, like that horrible, like junior high nightmare that you have, where you're like, everyone's kind of looking at each other, communicating with their eyeballs that they don't want me here. And um, it wasn't everybody, but it was certainly like the guy whose place it was, who was on his phone, had texted the guy who brought <gasps> me in being like get this guy out of here like oh it's so yeah. then did you go but have you came sex out somewhere winner. else you came out a winner i yeah. came out a winner i did not have sex somewhere else i cried i went home and cried hmm. and but then, they were doing but, meth tim like you don't I need know, them ultimately it was it was for the best i i didn't need that situation happening and it was one of those things where it was like you could really take that to heart and be like, wow, a room full of men just rejected me. But that's not true. It was really just the host. You know, he he might have been like... <laughs> you better He might have been this, this the Simon, sunny side. The sunny side. He was probably the Simon Cowell of the group. You know, there was a, probably a Paula in there who was like, I want to fuck this guy. And then a Randy <laughs> who was like, you know, it's a no for me, dog. But you are, you know, but you're you too talented. You. you do you. You're going to have a bright future elsewhere. So, yeah, that's my story. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Yeah, group scenario. Did I ever tell? Did I ever say this? You told story? me about the time that you saw that one. Okay. <laughs> but you never told me what his dick looked like. Well, he left before. Because he saw you. No, he didn't see me, but I think he left because I don't know. Or maybe he got fucked in the corner. Whatever. No, what I was going to say so is she's a bo- I... So now on record, you're saying that she's a bottom. <laughs> she could be verse. <laughs> she could be verse. Okay. No, I, what I, what I one time um, got, I heard through the grapevine about like a sex party happening and you had to submit your pictures and it was like deep in the valley and I submitted my pictures and then the guy was like in... Th- he wasn't enthusiastic, but he was affirmative that I should come. And I should have taken the sort of like a little bit. It was like, awesome. Yeah, you should definitely come. You'll be popular here. I should have taken that as like a note. Like you kind of want to be. I feel like you kind of want to be the underdog a little bit. Not to the not mm-hmm. to the point that you experience, but you don't want to be like the hot shit in the room because then you're like, what is everybody else like if you're yeah. the hot shit in the room, you know? Especially for those of us who struggle with a little self-esteem. It's like, <laughs> you don't want to be the hot shit because then you're like, God, what are these people like? But anyhow, I drove out. The parking was hard. I parked. I like... uh texted the guy okay I parked I'm walking up it was like a gated like condominium so he was like waiting at the gate and I walk up and I see some like 
other dudes sort of shady like waiting on the corner on his phone and i'm like okay cool like this is another like dude coming to the sex party and we walk up to the gate and the guy at the gate is like hey guy like like really sort of like you sort of want it to be secretive and quiet like that makes it hotter but he was like hi i'm over here come on and we like come on in for the Right, exactly. And then we like walk <laughs> the through gay the like fat bear sex orgy that we're having in my condo. We like walk through these pools of light, you know, in the like dark <laughs> suburban condo. And and then we get up there and he like looks at me and he goes, Oh my god, it's you. Or no no no. He said, no. Oh my god, do you know who you are? That's what he said to me. Do you know who you are? Do you are? know who you are? That's weird because normally you're going around saying, Do you know who I am? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so it was must very, have been a role reversal. It was very clear that he had recognized me from like a music video, and that is the last thing I want. Even before walking in, you know what I mean? Like we were out on the street, and I just don't want someone. Do you know what I mean? It yeah, no, I, I know mean, exactly like what you mean. I was at that nudist thing, and someone yes. called me out. They were like, "Aren't you a meatball?" And I was like. Swimsuit's going back on. Trip ruined. Right. Like, yeah. it just kind of... I'm the opposite of you guys. I, as I come inside them, I whisper, but have you subscribed? <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, where can people subscribe to your channel, too? <laughs> you can find me at TeamMurray06 on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and um, subscribe to Slumber Party Podcast. Yes. Oh, because she was because you're only 14 years old. Oh, six. That's when you were born? Ex- that's when I was born. That's correct. <laughs> um yeah give if you want if you love this podcast and you're looking to get like a little intro into slumber party you should listen to the episode that i was on because that'll sort of get you used to the you know the whole scenario but yeah check out Mm -hmm. Tim's podcast slumber party um meatball you want to give us the outro thanks so much for listening to sloppy seconds you can follow us on instagram at Pod. Send us an email at sloppysecondspot at gmail.com or call in with a fuck talk story or a wicked story to 213-536-9180. You, you know my favorite on- thing about is when you sing the song with the wrong notes, Will plays the he wrong notes underneath it, it yeah. so it sounds bad. Still. Also, he made a Candy Muse News song, which I, I loved. Oh, and we didn't do... This week, on, this week on Candy Muse News, she dressed up like a cheerleader for her birthday and took an airplane to L.A. and then back to New York. That's it. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meatball, and I'm on Twitter at Fat Drag Meatball. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode, which now come out on Tuesdays and Fridays. And listen, if you're listening to this, guess what we did last night? Fist giving! doodle doo doo Forever Dog! To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media. Mom! Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Mixed and mastered by William Pitts. Executive produced by Will and Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork is drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey.